Welcome to episode two of the Global Idaho podcast, which discusses current issues affecting southeastern Idaho and places them in a global context. I'm Kyler Miller. And I'm Heather Thompson. In season one of Global Idaho, we are focusing on immigration reform and the DACA program. During each episode, we will interview DACA students, experts, and other community members as a way to study dreamers in southeast Idaho in order to understand DACA and its political, social, and economic significance, as well as increase awareness about immigration and immigration reform within our community. For this episode, we will discuss the main arguments against the DACA program. This being a complex issue, we wanted to break this up into four major categories, societal, economic, higher education, and legal. We will touch on each of these topics individually. However, because episodes three and four will discuss higher education and economics respectively, we will focus more on societal and legal in-depth throughout this episode. In the economic category, many claim that by keeping the Dreamers here, the government is taking jobs from Americans and giving them to DACA recipients. One of the loudest arguments against DACA is that Dreamers don't pay taxes. And like this myth of not paying taxes, many believe that Dreamers, as well as all other immigrants, live off of social programs. According to the Pew Research Center, by 2065, no racial or ethnic group will be a majority, which is unsettling to many people around the country. This drives the current debate against DACA. In the higher education category, the belief that undocumented immigrants add a financial burden to our state's universities and colleges is the main argument against DACA. Critics say that if DACA were rescinded and those that were protected were deported back to their native countries, that they would just assimilate back into the society within that country. I spoke with Araceli, who is a DACA recipient, about this. This is what she had to say. You know, some of us are trying to do successful things with our lives and trying to contribute to the country because we feel like this is our country. I don't feel... I'm proud to be Mexican, and I feel like it has a great culture, but... I mean, I don't even know the Pledge of Allegiance to, you know, Mexico. I know the Pledge of Allegiance to here. A large part of those that oppose DACA claim that by allowing immigration of any kind is changing America and its national character. This is due to their heritage within another country. Yeah, it's important to think about that, though, because America was founded by immigrants, and we have a lot of the things here that immigrants have brought to us that we really enjoy, salsa, pizza, Uh, A lot of food and a lot of national things that we really enjoy in this country came from immigration. Another one of the big societal myths is that people believe that dreamers as well as all other immigrants live off of the social programs in the United States. But in reality, they pay into social programs such as Social Security and Medicare, but do not reap the benefits of these programs. So, for example, in 2010 alone, undocumented immigrants paid approximately $13 billion in taxes to Social Security. So this is only expected to rise with the amount of DACA recipients. One of the biggest legal arguments against DACA is that all Dreamers are criminals. But we know this isn't true because in order to be a DACA recipient, you have to have pretty much a clean criminal record with no felonies and very few misdemeanors. Yeah, and I think it would be advantageous for them not to get those crimes because it would lead to deportation. Exactly. Another argument is that DACA rewards illegal immigration or chain migration by allowing certain people to be here with temporary status and also providing them with the opportunity to bring their families here as undocumented immigrants. Yeah, but I think it's important to know that along with this, Every person coming to America or that has temporary status wants to be with their family or their loved ones. That's just what we are as human beings. So I don't think it's a bad thing 
uh, to want your family to be with you. And then our last legal argument is that DACA gives the opinion that immigrants can come here illegally and then be rewarded with temporary status as well as having a job uh, and other privileges that come from being or living in the United States. Yeah, I spoke with Dr. Walter Nichols about this and other arguments against DACA. Uh, He's an associate professor of urban planning and public policy at the University of California, and he's the author of the book, The Dreamers, How the Undocumented Youth Movement Transformed the Immigrant Rights Debate in the United States. And here's what he had to say. So can you talk to me about some of the arguments against DACA then? strong are, you know, the most uh, sort of common argument, I think, um, is the argument that that um, folks have these, in spite of their, in spite of their, um, you know, their sort of heartwarming stories and, 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 the, and the problems and the, and the tragedy associated of sending folks back. The argument is that um, they, they they don't have legal status, and um, and this is you know this is a violation of law, and this sends um, a bad signal to other immigrants to to come to the United States, and and if they're young that they have the promise of regularizing their, their immigration status. So on the one hand, this argument is based on, on the idea that, you know, the law is the law is the law, a very sort of strict interpretation of, of the law. And um, and then the second argument would be that um, it sends a bad signal to other immigrants around the world that they could come to the United States and if they're minors, they could eventually hope to, to regularize their status. So I think those are the two sort of most prominent arguments that we see. And then there, there are other folks, um, you know, like uh, Representative Knight, who argues that um, dreamers are are most oftentimes criminals and, and sort of bad seeds that, that threaten the country and, and threat by increasing sort of crime rates and this type of thing. So I think that those would be sort of like, you know, the, the three major arguments, sort of the legal argument, um, this idea of sending, of attracting more immigrants and the dreamers as not as not as sort of the best and the brightest, but as as criminals, deviants who who stand to, to threaten um, the community that we live in. So just to recap what Dr. Nichols is saying, he talks about these three main arguments against DACA. DACA is a violation of law, along with the idea that undocumented immigrants will be attracted to the United States by this promise of jobs and temporary citizenship, and that dreamers are most oftentimes adding to the crime rate. Our producer, Les Miller, spoke with author Bill Schwab, who is a sociologist at the University of Arkansas, about the myths associated with DACA. Les, what did Dr. Schwab have to say? There's this myth that they're criminals, although evidence points clearly to the contrary. Obviously, there are some criminals among immigrants, just like there are criminals among every group of people. These criminals, however, are being removed and were removed at a higher rate under the Obama administration than the Trump administration. The next argument against DACA is that these immigrants are taking our jobs. Immigrants tend to compete for jobs or have the requisite skills for jobs in the lower end of the labor market and also the higher end. The jobs in the middle are dominated by U.S. citizens. The third argument against DACA, a very important one indeed, is that these immigrants are going to change us as Americans. Immigrants come mostly for the economic opportunities that are here, and they strive to learn our language. They adopt the value systems of our democracy. 
They are assimilating at a very rapid rate by learning English faster than previous waves of immigrants. They are also moving into professions of higher education faster than native-born Americans. They are weaving themselves into our communities as segregation levels drop. Perhaps most importantly, immigrants are intermarrying. 26% of Hispanics are marrying non-Hispanics by the second generation, and 28% of Asians are marrying non-Asians by the second generation, when historically those numbers were much lower. The fact remains that we are changing immigrants and they are integrating into our society. We'd like to thank Les for coming onto our show and talking to us about what Bill Schwab had to say. Absolutely. I enjoyed the interview and learned a lot. I'm glad to be part of this podcast. When speaking about how immigrants and dreamers have changed the fabric of America, we spoke with Sonia Martinez, who is the coordinator of the STEM Diversity and Outreach Center at Idaho State University. Here is what she explained to us. So a large part of those that oppose DACA Mm -hmm. claim that by allowing immigration of any kind, um, it's changing America and its national Mm -hmm. character, and this is due to their heritage with another country. So what can you tell us about this myth? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I'm not really quite sure how it breaks up as far as, as, as DACA students go, you know, which country of the world they're from I'm not you know quite sure I in Idaho I would say the the large portion are from um, Latin America Mexico and Latin America uh, only because if you look at statistics the majority of our ag dairy and ag workers are from Mexico so that's that's the population in Idaho that that we're dealing with and I would say um, being of Hispanic origin myself uh, these are a lot of the part of the United States used to be their native land. So how that's changing the landscape, the landscape's always been that way. Those are their ancestral lands, whether you talk about Texas or California. Now I understand that, you know, a lot of the ones that have come up have been from more of southern Mexico. But, you know, we've, um, I mean, like I said, it's it's really they've come to fulfill a workforce need. And, you know, they always say, well, these are jobs that Americans aren't or aren't doing. And, and uh, Idaho has a lot to thank the immigrant community for, you know, they've been contributing in agriculture since the early 1900s. I mean, in, in mining and, uh, you know, I mean, we've got towns in Idaho named Orofino, you know, up in northern Idaho. So I think they've been part of the economic landscape since the early 1900s. I don't, I, I, I guess it's just kind of natural progression. I don't really see where all of a sudden we're, there's going to be this huge change just because DACA students become permanent residents. I mean, they've been here, they live here, they're in our schools, they're in our communities. Um, I, you know, they're basically, for the most part, Idaho is a Christian community. They're, most of them are Christian. So, um, so that's kind of a miss, I think it's just a lot of stereotyping and I, I guess I don't know the other side of the argument. I have a hard time seeing it. Sonia touches on this point that DACA recipients and immigrants are not changing the fabric of America because they've always been here. Therefore, they are integrated into our community in every way. They are, in all senses of the word, Americans. Throughout this episode, we have explored the arguments against DACA with help of authors Dr. Bill Schwab and Dr. Walter Nichols, as well as gained insight from Sonia Martinez about how the DACA program affects students in Southeast Idaho. We'd like to thank all those associated with the Global Idaho podcast, specifically our editor, Ian Nielsen, our producer, Les Miller, and our professor, Dr. Cole de Peralta. Global Idaho is sponsored by the History Department at Idaho State University. Our cover art was designed by Kelly Kamick, 
and our banner photo is by Fabian Falf. The music you heard on today's show is When the Sky Turns Blue by Bo Crew. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud.com by searching for the Global Idaho Podcast. The full interviews can be found on our website. Thanks for listening.